Welcome to a Superfan Roundtable on the week's events in the world of Kirk Menahan. This is the Menafan Show. Hey everybody, it's Drunk Eric Curtis. Welcome to the first Superfan Roundtable, the Menafan Show. Boy, am I nervous. I am so nervous that you're not going to enjoy this and that it's going to be a shit show, or maybe the fact that it is going to be a shit show is the thing that it's going to make it very entertaining. And we have an awesome roundtable. I think we've got the all-stars here. There is nowhere to go but down at this point. Uh, eventually, we'll get to the second, third, and fourth-rate fans. But for now, you get the all-stars. So I want to go around the room and tell you who's here. So the first guy I'm going to introduce you to is the guy who out-chad finned. Chad Finn, the only guy who was giving us any information about Menahan when Menahan was on a sabbatical. It is Mark Hannon's balls or John from Pennsylvania, however, however he wants to go. Pleasure to be here, John. Pleasure to be here, Richard. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on, man? What's going on? Happy to be here. Not much. I am glad to have you here. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, The next guy that we got here to me... uh, no offense to Kevin in Bristol. He's another great caller. This is my favorite caller because he's always funny. And, and every once in a while, you know, Kevin bombs a little bit. But this guy's always funny. And I still have a whole bunch of him on the TuneIn app save that he got dumped. It's Steve from Providence. Hey, Steve. Hello. I'm excited to be here. Let's get this going. Awesome. And uh, the last guy who's here is a guy who also is a WEEI reject, a guy who got uh, thrown, thrown off WEEI. And I'm going to tell him some news I just found today that's going to crush his world. It is Blind Mike. I am certain that this is the final nail in the coffin of any career I hope to have. <laughs> but thank you for having me nonetheless. So I, you got to see this. I don't know if you went to the WEEI podcast uh, feed today. Ah, Christ. But no, uh, you I, know no they, I, I'm not on there anymore. <laughs> you're aware that they're scaling back their podcast, right? I, I, that's what I was told, yeah. So although they're scaling it back, there is a brand new podcast that popped up today. Okay. It's a boxing podcast. Come Get on. the fuck out. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Why Showtime do you do this boxing time? with Hackett. Manny Pacquiao no. versus Adrian Broner preview. Good fight. Leonard Ellerby. <laughs> Oh, God. So you got a morning host who's into the horses. You got them doing a gambling show, and now they've got a boxing show. I mean, that's what good, other? It's 1936. That's, that's right. And, what, and, dead, what's, what more dead sports can you put on here? <laughs> you know, I thought it was funny to hear Paul Mall ads on the radio, but now it all makes sense. It's cigarette commercials, <laughs> everything. It's just all coming back. I want you to remember that uh, Ballantine's the one to have when you're having more than one. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. And they're the sponsor of headlines. All right. So I got a topic here that I want to throw by you guys, and I have some real passionate thoughts about this one. And I want to hear from you guys first. Are you still listening to Mutt and Callahan? Why or why not? And I see Mark Hannon's balls has raised his hand. Oh, I did. Did I raise my hand? Okay, perfectly. Maybe you never turned <laughs> well, put it down. You know, did did I? Oh, crap. Oh, well, then this I got to put my hand hey. down. It says, hey! Oh, God, this is all going to hell. What the hell are we doing? <laughs> all right, so ironically enough, I listen sometimes, I listen to headlines uh, mostly, which is bizarre to me because Curtis is almost become a, a, a better host than, than Mutt at this point. And that's no knock on Mutt. I, I like Mutt. Um, back in the KNC days, though, 
to me, hour one was always the indicator of how this show was going to go. There was a buzz to it. It set the the dialogue, as, as Curtis would say. But now, usually headlines, I'm in and out with headlines. Um, MNC, it, it, it kind of lacks that pop from the onset. I mean, I appreciate the fact that the guys are trying. With You, know, you got Curtis on Instagram and the gambling. Uh, I think that if, if Curtis could put out a sex tape to help the show, I think he would do that. <laughs> Um, but, but I'm not sure if Jerry and Mutt are, are the right fit strictly as a two man show. And again, that's no knock on Jerry. I like Jerry, no knock on Mutt. I like Mutt. Um, but they don't seem to have found their chemistry. You know, if they don't have chemistry yet, if I were Jerry, I'd take Mutt aside and I'd say, listen, Mutt, we're going to go on a golf trip. Uh, we're going to get away. We're going to have some bonding, uh, some drinks, a, a little balcony sex, and and we'll be good to go. And 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 that's what I would do. But uh, yeah, I still listen occasionally, just mostly uh, headlines and mostly just to just to keep up on what they're talking about. But definitely not the same. I gotta defend my boy Mutt, and I'll, I'll admit my bias because he's the first guy who ever put me on radio. But uh, when when it's Jerry Mutt and Reamer, and I'll even throw Tomasi in there a little bit when it's either Reamer or Tomasi in the third chair, it sounds to me like a real show. Like, that's when I will listen. Um, I don't listen as much as when Kirk was on there, obviously. Uh, but I don't think that's any – that's not their fault. It's they took the – what I would say is the best talent in Boston radio off of a show, so naturally it got worse. Uh, but I, I don't think Mutt's bad. I think people are just comparing him to Kirk. I think Mutt, when you listen to him now, he's a lot more comfortable – like, the guy that was on Mutt and Maloney doesn't exist anymore. you got to at least give him that, that uh, he's, he's certainly more comfortable than Thank he God. was the last time he had a show. Um, and I think when Reamer's in there, it really it sounds like a real show to me. But, you know, when like, I think Andy Hart was in this morning, and oh I just turned God. it off. I couldn't do it. Um, so that's the, that's the main difference when without Kirk is that they have this third guy that's usually just a void in the show unless Reamer's in there. Mm. See if I see your hand up. Yeah, uh, my listenership has died probably by about 95%, uh, especially when they brought in Mark James, who I'd never heard on the radio before, and it was Psychopath. painful to, to listen. <laughs> I, and when I mean painful, it was just like cringeworthy, I guess you would say, um, to, to hear someone that, that doesn't know that they're busting his balls, and he actually thinks that some of the points that he was making were actually good points. It was very painful. And then I turned in the other day, at last week sometime, and uh, Jermaine Wiggins was on. And I, I, th- I honestly thought I was listening to 96.9 for a second. Like, I, I had no idea what the hell was going on. Um, I'll listen if it's, if it's Mutt and Jerry and Alex. To me, that's the closest thing that they have to a mm-hmm. show. Um, but with anyone else on there, like today, it was just I, – I tried listening because I knew we were going to go on the air. Maybe you're going to ask some questions, but it's just impossible to listen to. You, you did remember want... Wiggy when he was on Felger and Maz, and those are the days I tuned out so fast. Mm. I was going to say, you, you didn't want to hear uh, Jerry talk about the, the NFL draft and, uh, and, and declaring for the draft, the Heisman guy declaring for the draft. They, they, I think they debated that for about 30 minutes today. It was riveting that's stuff. Well, that's the problem, that. and the biggest difference in the show is that I, I – I wouldn't mind listening to Jerry talk about sports, but the biggest difference in that show is that it wasn't a sports show for two years. Kirk and Callahan was not a sports talk radio show. So now the audience that was used to a non-sports talk radio show is getting pretty much straight sports for four hours. So it's just not 
what that audience wants necessarily. It's Mike and Mike. Yeah, right. Mike and Mike with gambling, and I'm not into gambling, so that that really nothing suits my interest. Hmm. Yeah, gambling for somebody who's terrible at it too. Like I could do a gambling show, I, I would get it all wrong too. He's, Up to he's last awful. weekend, he was one game, <laughs> one game over 500, which isn't exactly a winning. Uh, a formula to success. Well, M&M Investments, I think, last weekend went two and six, I want to say. Um, MHB Investments, uh, by the way, I went three and one. So that's just a – I'm up 3,000 for the year, and according to okay, – in the words of Mark James. <laughs> yep, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Mark James has two master's degrees. He's smarter than you. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they're in. <laughs> Insert. He's a great guy. Yeah, I'm sure nothing will come out on him soon. Is is that no. a tease? Is that a tease, Mike? No, not really. I don't know anything. Oh, well, I know. I know some things. I don't know anything that'll ruin him or anything. But I, I think he's. I don't think he's a very good guy, from what I've seen. Yeah. Well, don't don't search the dumpsters uh, dumpsters of Northampton too hard because who, <laughs> yeah, who right. knows what you might find out there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Didn't the guy change his name multiple times? Yeah, Mark Benzerik. Is and that it's it? Not, it wasn't. He used that as a name in broadcasting, and then changed when he left. Like plenty of guys in broadcasting use fake names. He sounds like. But he used his real name and then changed when he moved, which seems very shady. Benzerik sounds like an erectile dysfunction pill. I mean, <laughs> like, what is that? Well, I'm not listening at all to the show, and I have a lot of reasons for that, and they're they're totally emotional and they're totally irrational. Because every time I tune in, I'm missing Kirk. Kirk's not there, and it really pisses me off. And it pisses me off because I really like Jerry, and I really like Mutt. But it's like you have Thanksgiving dinner, and there's the mashed potatoes, and there's the sweet potatoes, and there's no turkey. And it's too much of an echo of the past. And I emotionally can't get over it. I do like headlines, and I do like Curtis, and I do like Ken's drops. But it just, there's that hole that I'm not hearing, and I would just rather listen to anything else. And now it has become a habit. The only time I listen is on the podcast. I'll skim through. And if there's a topic I like, then I'll download it. Otherwise, I've created new habits. And, well, it makes you sad that Jerry didn't just say, all right, let's jump ship together and start this Radio.com thing. Because I think that I, I think Kirk on his own will be very good. Mm-hmm. But I think if you – and let's face it, I have more of a shot without Jerry there joining that show. But Kirk and Jerry going to Radio.com could have really established – an audience uh, for that app. Well, I think Jerry priced himself out. I mean, he asked for the blind mic contract. Three years, 750000 yeah. a year. <laughs> One year, zero dollars. <laughs> One year, zero dollars. <laughs> no, but I think, I mean, from what I know, I mean, that sounds like a real offer. I'm not sure what these guys get paid. I don't think they get paid Ordway money, but three years, 750000 might be Jerry's way of just saying, let me throw out like a fucking absurd number and just see... Uh, see if I get it. And, 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 you know, my understanding from, from what I know is that Mur- Tim Murphy, the guy who initially pitched the idea of Minahan leaving, was never really keen on Jerry coming. At least that was the sense that Jerry got was that Murphy didn't really want him to come, uh, come along with him to radio.com. Right. I don't, I don't think that that figures too hard to, uh, 750,000. I'm not sure. I don't think anybody knows. That's one thing that, that over the years Jerry has been uh, very tight-lipped about is his salary, where Kirk will kind of give some hints here and there about what he's making. But uh, I don't think that that – if you look in the past, they, there have been articles. I remember when Ordway got fired and they had talked about that he took a pay reduction down from a million dollars to uh, 500,000. Um, 
a, a morning drive uh, show. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they were bringing in that type of money. To be honest. With you. All right. Over yeah, under. The, tang, the Tangway numbers that he gave for Felger and Maz were about seven hundred fifty thousand each. Mm. And then when I've heard Minahan hint, it's roughly around there as well. Mm. So yeah, I don't think that would be too crazy from Cap. But I mean, I guess if it's an online thing, that might be a different, a different deal. I don't know how that works really. Yeah, I don't know how they break even at that, at least uh, to begin with. Right. Over under on on uh, Mutt's salary. What do you guys think? I mean, let's be real. I, I, do you think that they're doing that for for shtick right now, really, or do you think, think that? I'm gonna say two fifty. Two fifty over under. No way. No, Mutt, I don't think. I don't think so. Way Mutt, under. Mutt makes Mutt makes eighty two thousand dollars. That's that's no what way. he makes. I, I I guarantee it. No way. That's probably fair. I, I I have no idea, so I hope people don't read into my my answering. But uh, that's probably fair. I would guess. Let's set God, the over under. 70. Let's set the over under on eighty k, and then we can tweet out a poll and uh, and see what people say. Wait, Maybe yeah, that it's under three times under. No doubt about it. Uh, Three times under 80? I'm saying 250, and just doing some research, uh, I've seen that producers for a number one morning show um, are making upwards of 100,000 per year. Just for producers. Never mind on-air talent. What about senior producers of the MNC show? Because, you know, as we know, they they just got promoted. Big, big news with Curtis and Ken. I don't think that Ken would. I mean, I don't know what these guys make or what their what their responsibilities are. Or Steve, um, Chris Curtis obviously gets money. Um, he's not as dependent on it as say uh, Ken or or Mutt. But I mean, you got to look at it where they are. The numbers that they brought in. I don't know if they get bonuses being producers, but I I, I would be shocked if they were doing it for any less than a hundred thousand. I would honestly be shocked. Hmm. I would say prepare to be shocked. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Just my guess. Yeah, people don't make even being in market number ten. Radio's not what it used to be. There's not the money in it that there used to be there. Boy, I, I hope they make a hundred thousand a piece, but I, I don't know about that. Oh, well mm. worth it, I think. Hmm. So I want to go to the next topic, and this is where we put you on the hot seat, Steve. Sure, go ahead. There's rumors out there you were banned from the show. Mm-hmm. Also, I'd love to know what happened when you when you had your one man protest, and the rumors are that you were carted away. What my happened? Were you banned? What's going on? All right. My one-man protest was, uh, I would like to say, it was an abortion. Uh, <laughs> I parked my car at the stockyard. I had no idea where I was going. I got there around 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I walked up uh, to the up the front stairs with some bike racks. I walked up. I had my, uh, my horse. I was in, in tribute of mud. I had a, a nice horse mask. And uh, I had a sign saying, bring back Kurt. And a gentleman was leaving the building, and he said, uh, are you planning on doing this right now? And I'll be honest, I got nervous as all hell. Um, had no idea what to expect. In my eyes, I thought that there was going to be a whole bunch of cops coming around the corner. They were going to throw me in a paddy wagon. And the last thing I wanted was myself to be on TV, uh, getting thrown in the back of a car and carted away um, and not having a way of getting my kids out of school. So that was my biggest fear. So, no, that, that protest was, was a disaster, very piss poorly planned i think i asked a couple of you guys to come with me uh it was just embarrassing at that i wouldn't even call it a protest i would just call it a drive around uh the area trying to get to know the, the lay of the land um as far as being banned from the show uh i did call when it was kirk's last show when it was uh not his last last one but when he uh he was on there for i think two segments if i'm not mistaken and uh myself and kevin had called up 
and uh, we were told we couldn't go on. Get that. And, get out. Curtis told you that? Yeah, and well, he was very polite. First off, I'm going to just state Chris is always, whether it's been Chris or Ken that's answered the phone, they're always super polite, and they would always get me on within a couple minutes from the time that I called. Any bad decision there that Ken or Curtis have to make is being told to them. Yeah, Ken and well, Curtis, I would, in my dealings oh, yeah. with them, both both pretty decent guys, and any shitty things that they have to uh, uh, co-sign on is not coming from them. Yeah, and so I had hung up, and I called back one more time to try and get on, and he said, you know, we can't have you on. And I said, for what? You know, I says, I'll try and dial down the content. And what he had described to me, which he was very polite about, he, uh, he said that I had tweeted out the... Um, I think it was Joey Zarbano's uh, contact information, <laughs> and that was the other uh, reasoning, and that was it. That was the last oh, one that. that I called. So this isn't even a case of we're afraid that Steve's going to go rogue and talk about you know mutt beating up me and my mommy type thing. It's out of spite because you you sent out Joey's contact info. That's yeah, crazy. I don't even know if I sent. I think I might have just been tagged in a tweet that it came out yeah um, but i mean you can understand that though, obviously and and at that point in time i mean even when when kevin would call in the calls were dialed back big time half the call would get would get just eliminated you wouldn't even get any of the funny parts of it so it, it in order to try and you know get through a call like that it's not even funny it loses its value by the time you get to the end of it and in all honesty it's really not worth it but, you know, they have your brother, Tim from Canton, that calls in now. So um, he, he handles that responsibility. What's funny is that uh, pretty much half of Tinder has Joey's number. So it's, it's, his, it's, no, it's, his, it's his profile picture. It's just, it's just his, his phone number and it says program director, W-E-E-I. And that, yeah. that's, that's it. Everybody makes eye contact with anyone. <laughs> just swipe, swipe, swipe. Look down, awkward eye contact. Uh, don't, don't, don't say anything until you can fire someone. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Just the irony, though, is the fact that, that it's the phone number. I mean, petty as fuck. Jeez, man. Yeah, well, from my understanding, I haven't heard it. I guess uh, Tim might have uh, called in with a Christmas poem. I wasn't, I wasn't privy to hear that. But I guess uh, just like he's the second man in a whorehouse, he was, uh, he, I guess he <laughs> tried doing a, a, uh, a, what a, visual. a Christmas poem to mock my last year's uh, one. I don't know if it was you know, making fun of what I've done. Um, but to my understanding, that's what he did. And I also guess that there's been some calls from uh, Bennett from Chelmsford. Uh, that have been streaming on the airway as well. I, I've heard that, but honestly, when I've listened, man, the, this the the whole idea of celebrity callers or callers that are interactive with the show and create content, it's that's a thing of the past now. I mean, we used to have back in the the K and C days, you would go on the on demand and you would see, you know, Steve from Providence calls in, or but now the only person, the only caller that that moves the needle is is Albert, and and for the wrong reasons, the Albert routine is is tired in my. I mean, I, I don't. I'd love to have him on here. Actually, I don't know. Drunk Curtis. No, I definitely want I definitely want Albert on here so that we can get people to gang up and run him off in probably three minutes, but that would be the most three entertaining minutes God. that we'd have on a podcast. Passes in I the mean, ear. I, I mean, in all honesty, when when he came on that one time where he was completely rattled, Kirk called him out because if you do listen to some of his previous calls, he does come off like a bigot. Mm. And Kirk called him out on it. And that I, I'm assuming he complained to management because the next time he called in, he said something like, you know, you're not supposed to ask me about that or something of that nature. 
but Kirk did go right at him and called him out uh, for those comments. I think it's an FMLA thing because he lives in a mental institution. <laughs> I'm just stuck. I, I am stuck on the idea that a program director of a radio station would rather not have good content out of spite of something so stupid on Twitter that probably people didn't really see it. That's more important to him than good content that's going to get ears. It's sad. Oh, I'll tell you a thing that I, that I was told verbatim uh, was that the reason I was not... Well, no, I'm sorry. If I wanted to be on the air, it's important that the program director like me. And that doesn't mean... <laughs> like my the stuff I do on the air pucker it's up like me as a guy so I was like what am I supposed to bring the guy coffee every day how am I I don't know him we don't hang out we never met we met once and he was very rude to me so what, what am I gonna do tap dance for him every day yeah, he wants like, to... I don't understand how, how am I supposed to make him like me I, I know you're so I, I was like that just kind of showed me that the the goal there is not putting the best talent on the air necessarily. I know you're blind, but he he wants you to just feel around and you know just be able just just kiss just kiss around feel and, around yeah. that's all it is. I was a circus bear for Dave Portnoy and Dave Portnoy only. <laughs> that's and, right. And the thing about it, to be honest with you guys, um, at the end of it, within like I don't know the last few months when before the show took a turn, Mutt actually was in on the joke. If you ever listened to um, any of the times that I had called, he was in on the joke. Maybe the first year of me calling. And busting his balls either with the DUI or, um, you know, about his son. Um, you know, he would get he would genuinely get pissed off about it. And I had, I'll be upfront and honest. I had sent him messages saying, listen, if it becomes too much, you know, just feel free to, to you know, to, to, to tell me or pass a message along to, um, to, to either Ken or to Chris. And, you know, not that I'll cut it out, but I'll dial it back a little bit. But you could tell by the end of it, he was in on the joke. I mean, it, it, he never took offense to, like, when I would say, uh, like, uh, he was having a birthday party at a jumping place, and it says, well, you might want to take your son for a half an hour ride. This way everyone else gets a chance to eat. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, he was in on it towards the end of it, and it really wasn't anything, you know, bad or, or harmful. You know, we're just busting his balls about gambling all the time and everything. And um, just by the end of it, when supposedly from those tweets uh with the personal information the personal home phone i don't know if it was home phone numbers or office phone numbers um that was it that was the end of the road wow does he is he still mad at you for shagging jess manansky or no <laughs> i never went that route you never. i never went that route <clears throat> all right well i want to talk about ken and chris re-upping to stay with wei and i'm really interested in your thoughts here did it did it help Kirk? Did it not help Kirk? Did it help the show? Where do you think this lands? I think professionally, it was I don't know about the right, it was definitely the safer move for Ken and Curtis, where that job's always going to be like the morning drive on WEI will be there until radio doesn't exist anymore. Whereas Kirk's show, you know, Theoretically, Kirk could get thrown off in two months. He could he could leave in two years or whatever. Um, so being the producers of the morning show is probably a safer option. I thought they would be in line for the big promotion, um, but it turns out that's not going to happen. I thought that is why they were staying, because one of them was going to be named uh, program director, mm. but it seems like that's not the case now, oh, unfortunately. No. Um, 
So it's definitely the safer move. I was surprised there wasn't more of a uh, that you didn't see more guys eager to go with Kirk to try something new. Um, and I don't think it's a, out of disloyalty. You know, those guys have families and shit like that. But I was surprised that uh, none of the four, Jerry, Mutt, Ken, or Curtis, wanted to try that. Because it seems like a very cool thing that Kirk's about to start. And I genuinely believe it's the future of radio. Like, that's where radio's going to be mm-hmm. in five years is all online. Mm. And, and it's got to feel like a small amount of betrayal for Kirk. Uh, because I know that he thinks that... At least he's got to think that their decision is not based out of a desire to do good radio. Because if they honestly think that Mutt and Callahan is going to be better radio than Kirk's new show, then they really are just, you know, chimps. They're just, they're hopeless at that point. You know, I think that a big part of it, Mike, like you talked about, could be politics. Maybe they're politicking for the next job in radio and it looks better if they get continue to get promoted and, and moved up the ranks. It could be something like that, but it cannot be. It cannot be out of a desire to do good radio because ultimately the, it's not going to even come close once Kirk's show uh, comes out. Well, You've got know, risk too I, with the – I'm sorry. You go ahead, Steve. Well, I'm just telling you. I'm rattled. I can't wait for Burt Sugar's boxing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. I think uh, the guy who's, who's doing it's going to be wearing a fedora. There's going to be that old timey music on a '78 real greeny. I actually, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. Both re-upped to, to stay there. I, if anything, I, I thought that Chris would take off with him. Um, I, I don't like. I said it, it's it's kind of you know tough to judge someone's finances on what their career moves are going to be, but it does seem um, in some of the Instagram. I mean, the freaking guys garbage can probably cost more than my car inside of his house but going off of that stuff i, I would kind of expect him to take the, the jump with kirk but i mean hey they made the decision that was best for themselves and you can't fault anyone for that i think there is a risk of staying there because if the show tanks could they be thrown out too i know a lot of times the producers stay when the shows go i mean andy was with what with four different afternoon shows and he just kind of hung along there but with ken and Chris being really associated as personalities now, is there a risk that they stay, the show tanks, and they get rid of everybody? Or is there a risk you go and do something brand new, and then that doesn't work out, and you're out? Hmm. I think, I think they that need... because they have management positions, that makes them a little safer in that. Whereas if the, sh- if the show falls to 12th in the ratings for a consistent amount of time, uh, they might be a little safer because they are management like they're in on those decisions. I guess not from I mean, if it comes from way higher up, then there's nothing they can do. Uh, but like you said, and Andy's a perfect example where the guy survived Dale and Holly for Christ's sake. Jesus. So you know, once you're there for an amount of time, you're you're. I think you're kind of safe as a producer. Either that, or you know, maybe they have their suspicions about this Radio.com thing. I know that Kirk didn't seem too keen on the idea initially uh but then he just changed his bio i'm not sure what you guys saw that yeah when he changed his bio to 3419 yeah uh, I, I'm, I mean i took that and i don't know how anybody else couldn't take that as, as that's the show release date but still no press release no official announcement i mean maybe do you guys think there's anything to the to the rumor that radio.com could be stonewalling him and that the show like he hinted on uh, with hillman that it might not happen there has been zero zero effort in promoting that show i mean i i haven't heard anything other than kirk popping off at at some tweets here and there there has been nothing i mean what do you do he went out with jim sue kfc podcast 
couple uh, when he went on the Hillman. I, I mean, there, there ha- other than that, there has been zero, which is really a shame because, th- in all honesty, there's really no reason why he, he's not on right now. Um, they, it seems like they're dragging it out. And, and you would think that they would want to get him on as soon as possible because the longer that he's away from the market, people are just like with ourselves. I mean, you find other stuff to listen to. Not that I, I think his, his P1 fans would definitely make an effort to listen to him, but... I, I mean, the longer that, that a person's away, the, the more irrelevant that they become, in all honesty. That's true, but I, I'm not buying into he's getting he's getting iced, thrown, thrown away out there. I think it does take some effort to figure out what that show's going to look like, what the timing is going to be, who you're going to hire, because it is brand new. Maybe he's trying to get somebody like a Tangway in there, and that takes some time. I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, what's the guy's name who runs away, Radio.com? It's well, um, Murphy's a big part of it. Murphy. Tim Murphy, yeah, yeah. I think there's too much that Murphy has that I think he's he's got some uh, some skin in the game there. That this helps get the Radio.com thing up. If you look at Radio.com versus iHeart, iHeart has a much more mature business model there with their app. I think this helps differentiate them and drives traffic. It, it would only help them to have Kirk up. Yeah. And you're going to ice them till 20, 2021? Uh, yeah, I don't buy that either. And it could be that maybe you're right. Maybe just getting a guy like Tangway involved could be difficult. I know that the radio.com offices are close to a school, and I know that Tangway has some <laughs> some issues with that. But, uh, no, I mean, it could be it could be that. Uh, or may, Blind Mike, uh, any, uh, any rumors on, on anything happening with that that you want to reveal? I- I will say, um, oh, as far as as far as who his uh, co-host might be. Oh yeah, sure. Your rumors uh, or or. I mean, let's say phone numbers were exchanged on my end, but uh, <laughs> no, not um, no. I I really don't know. I've talked to him a little bit about doing something for that show. I'm under no delusion that uh, it would be the Kirk and Blind Mike show, <laughs> but being being involved in in some way would be uh, very cool. And I've spoken to him about that a little bit. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of movement, but I will say as far as the, the idea of st- him being stonewalled, I've heard another one of the names that uh, Radio.com is trying to acquire, and that made me believe that this is going to be a real thing that they're going to really try and do, uh, because if it's Kirk and this other guy that they're trying to get on board, and I, I mean, who knows if it's going to happen. Now you can say Kirk Eddie and this other guy, that's a legitimate podcast network. That could do some damage. Did you say Eddie Andelman? Yeah, you can say it's Eddie Andelman. No, please tell me it's Eddie. That would be another great name. But no, I can't. I can't say who it is. He used to be a punter in the NFL, but I can't say who. Go get out of here. (laughs) I can't say. Wow. Okay. Jeff Fiegels. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's Finkel. Ray Finkel. Oh wow. Okay, Aria, that's that's interesting. Are we breaking some news here, Blind Mike? <laughs> I, I, I didn't I didn't say anything. <laughs> okay, that would be yeah, that would be a good it was, show. It was Zoltan Mesko. Does it? Is it? Yeah, it's it's that uh, that new punter the Pats brought in and cut after like the the you know I think he's on the practice squad. It's that guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. We could just name punters for the next twenty minutes. That'll be good. that would not take that long, actually. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, this is just a group of guys, you know, talking into the ether, recording things. This is spitballing. Let's let's be very clear here. Yeah, it actually stopped recording. I think like twenty minutes ago. I don't even know <laughs> yeah, why I'm we're kidding. still here. You guys just wanted to hang out with me. Oh well, no. Let's not go that far. <laughs> is it true that Kirk's going to do little videos like playing ping pong with you, Mike, and and shit like that, miniature golf? And- <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, he's going to bring me to the batting cages. 
uh, ping pong, spike ball will be a, a good one. What an original idea. How blind yeah. is blind Mike? What an original. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll throw a wallet at my face. It'll all be very good. <laughs> What's that fuck? That you on the beach and you and Portnoy on the beach? Like, what What the hell were you guys doing? What is he? Spike ball. Spike ball. Yes, a game I refuse to ever play again. I always forget that you are close to, like, one of the richest and most famous men in America. And, like, <laughs> you you know this guy well. Like, it's, it blows yeah, my mind. I know him very well. I wouldn't say we're close, but I do know him well. Um, you know, he, he, it, it's... It's a weird relation. It's like uh, I I feel like the son he never wanted. Yeah, basically. And like uh, I I think there there's there's a love there. Like he brings me up on the radio every once in a while. Um, I think I'd be welcomed back under the right circumstances there. But uh, you know, I'm still still trying things out here, unfortunately. And now you're podcasting with a guy who calls himself Mark Hannon's balls. How, how does that <laughs> right. how does that make you feel? It's a it's a real fucking. Fall from grass, baby. <laughs> Are we going to do voicemails or what? What's up? Yeah, I yeah. think we should do some voicemails. I got some texts in here, too. Do we? Uh, Chris in Wakefield wants to know, will there be a female co-host? And if so, who would you want on the program? Oh, I have my fucking choice. Go Who's for that? it. Uh, I'm dying. I, uh, it would make my day if it was the Kirk Minahan and Heidi Cortez show. <laughs> And if you're not familiar with Heidi Cortez, just look. I'm Googling. I'm Googling right now. She did a show called Tissue Time. Yes, she did. Did did you, Steve, did you have Tissue Time after after Uh, watching this show? When I was working nights, uh, she and I had many a dates together. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's out. She is outstanding. Yes, she is. Oh, shit. Okay. But this isn't going to be a TV show, Steve. Is she is she interesting? Oh, no, she if you if you maybe uh, go look for some of her material. Uh, okay, uh, Heidi Cortez nude. Let's. No, I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah. It does <laughs> it does work. Uh, it does work on the radio. Her, no, her no, shtick. it does work on the radio. If she talks for five minutes, you will have a, a rock hard. <laughs> she is amazing. Her my rotation was uh, getting started with a little Riley Martin. Uh, listen, waiting for the, uh, the uh, waiting for my my symbol to get mailed to me, and then I would tune over to Heidi Cortez, and she would just I would go to town for ten minutes and go to bed. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell's voice gets me. Into Steve's masturbation habits. I don't, what was I'm the question? <laughs> what, just because you're blind doesn't mean you don't jerk off. He <laughs> <laughs> can't watch porn though. It's just it's just a bunch of blurry figures. I can. I can. That's gonna that's gonna come back up in voicemail. I'm a big storyline. Let's guy. go to uh, categories. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We could do porn categories later on. Oh yeah, right. So I, I got a couple people who I would want to have on the round table. Uh, the first one that comes to me is Lucy Burge, which I think there's zero chance of that ever happening. But I think she'd I don't be awesome think that would here. work very well. <laughs> Lucy Burge on here with Steve. I think that could work. Oh oh yeah, that would work great. I don't think Lucy and Kirk would work very well. As a producer, no. I would like Lucy though. Yes. I think Chris's question was. I think yeah. Chris's question was female meta fans. Do you think about any oh, female I'm sorry. meta fans? Yeah. Oh no, Lucy'd co-host? be great. Lucy, I think Lucy's like she'd she'd be good talking about this. She'd be very she'd be very uh, guarded and reserved, and wouldn't want to shit on anyone, which is probably why she's further along than me. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know, she's very sunshine and rainbows about people that could advance her. Put it put it that way. Dale Arnold. Dale Arnold. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. yeah. You won't get her to trash Dale. Really. Is she is she related to Francesa? Like, what the hell is the deal with that? Can you explain that to me? Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I, I'm a little obsessed with Francesa too, but uh, not not to the level that that she is. She's ta- she's taking a real shine to him. Um, <laughs> she subscribes to the guess, app. It must be a thing. My guess would be is she got reaction from it the first time hmm. she tweeted about it. So you know you. You run that well till it's dry, I guess. Yeah, I think she's one of the 88 Much people. Like Steve. She's one of the 88 people that subscribe to the app, so I think that's got to be it. Minifan Show, Chico here. Thank you for providing a outlet for us in the 25 to 54 demographic to yell into our phones about all things Kirk Minahan. I wanted to leave a message as we heard the news today that Chris and Ken will be staying with the sinking ship of the Mutton Callahan Show. Those two suck bags who would be either a dog walker or a Des Moines, Iowa, number 70th rated uh, market radio host, if it wasn't for Kirk, are pitching their wagon, hitching their wagon to the wrong entity. Um, I obviously know looking at the spread of talent on WEI with Mustard and Johnson, the Dale and Keith Snooze Fest, the Dork Podcast, <laughs> and all the weekend nonsense and Mark James, I obviously don't want to be with Kirk as he moves forward. That's fine. Um, as we know, Kirk is going to make new talents just like he made those two. Look forward to the show and really excited about the uh, Kirk show and also this podcast. Best of luck. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think he's a little bit harsh. I, I think that I don't think Curtis would be a dog walker, but I do think that, like, you know, maybe like a plasma donator, you know, like one of the, somebody like that. I don't think that he could be a dog walker, though. Cashier dog walker is a little low. I don't think he can do plasma with the uh, hepatitis that he has. Oh, that's right. I forgot he had that <laughs> I can't STD. Even do that. <laughs> All right. I got it. We got another text from the 207 who wants to know, am I seeing it right that Kirk no longer follows Jerry, Ken, Chris, Mutt, and Bradford on tr- on Twitter? Is this correct? Does anybody notice this? All right, let me go check know. right now. So I he actually... He follows me. He follows me too. I actually checked all, all those other WEI His people. His real friends. His real friends. Follows Ordway. <laughs> he follows Ordway. He does follow other WEI people. I don't know. Let me see. I'm going to help you out with this one. I checked it out. He doesn't. Get out. He does not follow any of them. Now, I kind of understand the morning show, but I don't understand Bradford. Well, he hinted at that uh, with Hillman. He talked about how some people he's stayed friends with, some people like Bradford he has no use for. Uh, maybe it wasn't Hillman. I think maybe it was one of his podcasts, but he talked it about was a podcast. Yeah. He's got no use for Bradford. I, I, I gotta know what happened. I mean, Bradford used to be your, your boss, right, Mike? My, my farewell lunch was at the stockyard with Bradford. Mm. And, uh, I, you can't get me to say a bad word about Bradford. He was great to me and he's about, about the only person there that, uh, helped me out a lot. Um, but he, you know, he kind of suggested at the he was like, you know, why don't you get in touch with Kirk and try something there? So I didn't notice anything that suggested there was a a strain in their relationship, but I don't have any fucking idea. Mm. I don't know what happened there. No, interesting. All right, let's try well, another if one. You, here. If you keep in mind, do you, if you remember when he got in trouble for uh, the uh, Aaron Andrews comments, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, he held a grudge and he brought it to the forefront against uh, was his name DJ Bean. And he was he was 
very outspoken against him. Um, and, he, and he does make, take note of who does not back him up with certain things. He doesn't forget, and he does not, uh, he's not afraid to hold a grudge. So I think there might be maybe something, you know, when, when all the stuff was going on, maybe some guys didn't. I mean, we all noticed it. Guys weren't, weren't speaking out. Mike was the only one that said anything at all mm. when everyone else was being quiet. Um, I think that he expects more of his friends. Yeah, it, the, the whole – he was one of the uh, we all hope Kirk will be back soon uh, folks. He definitely fell into that camp, unfortunately. Uh, even even Reamer – and can I take this opportunity to, 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 tell, to, to tell my Reamer bit? Because Reamer, from the beginning, I – I contacted Reamer when I first started researching and writing uh, the articles and the pieces and working with All Politics is Local. Um, I contacted Reamer and gave him the opportunity to. I said, "Hey, listen, man, you know, I, I, the, the Kirk is getting fucked over. You know it. I know it. I think somebody needs to create enough noise and somebody needs to do something about this. I think we need to actually expose what's going on because if we don't do something, nobody else will until it's too late." No response. Nothing. No, no, just in complete. fairness to Reamer, your name is Mark Hannon's balls. <laughs> I would be a little hesitant. In, fair, in, fa- in fairness to Reamer, he's also he, we, we we've also DM several times prior to that though. Oh, okay. In fairness to Reamer, so that you know we had conversations about a lot of stuff, and you know, um, but but then when it came to <laughs> a lot of stuff, we'll leave it at that. But then we <laughs> then we came to uh, interesting. Yeah, then we ca- bathhouse. <laughs> Material. Well, I, I did want to ask him a little bit what it was like at the bathhouses. That's, that sounds a little interesting, but no. Uh, but well, there was that crudite there. There was a carrots. There was some celery. It was nice. <laughs> you know, a guy at my work just came back from Turkey, and he was like, man, I went to the Turkish bathhouses. And I'm like, I don't think you know quite what that is. Or maybe it's a different thing in this in Canada, but he's, t- he's raving it's about a different thing. He's raving about these Turkish bathhouses. And I'm like, I, I, only thing I could think of is Reamer, and I was cracking up. Have you have you guys ever, in all honesty, and I'm not busting balls, have you ever been to a bathhouse? <laughs> no. Have you? All right. When I was in the Marine Corps and I was stationed in Japan, we went to it's somewhat like that. It's this place called Whisper Alley, and it, it's the most rundown fucking pit you could ever imagine inside your head. But there is nothing that these ladies won't do for you, and uh, I didn't want to fucking come home. My six <laughs> months was up. I didn't want to come home. I wanted to move there. Oh my god. Wait, I thought that ba- okay, never mind. I, I I need to know more about this. This is this is a bizarre. This is this is this is an interesting situation. So next you, time we'll get into it next. Time. You were next you were in the Marines. Time. Are you Captain Dorian Hungwell? Like I am not Captain Dorian Hungwell. Okay, just I was in the Marines. Just making sure. And uh, the, these bathhouses, they're, they're named bathhouses, but it's more of a uh, it's a masseuse. They you know they rub you. They you get a haircut there. They'll shine your shoes. They'll polish your polish your boots. They'll you know iron your camis and. There is nothing, uh, if you have some money on you, there is nothing that won't be accommodated. <laughs> this needs to be in the show description. Steve from Providence gives his bathhouse <laughs> stories. Any question you guys have, I'd be more than happy to answer. Did no you see John Dennis there? I did not see John Dennis there. <laughs> I did not see John Dennis there. Okay. But I did um, see, who, who the hell was that guy? He was a, a famous uh, 80s, 90 uh, actor like a martial arts guy he blew up like a wood tick he's huge now he's fat as hell um steven seagal steven seagal he was there doing a conference when i was there and uh they, i'll tell you what he is beloved by the women beloved <laughs> hello we want it we 
mother and i do not want that out on the air i was chilling was that smeagol i think that was smeagol oh uh i let's if just this is what's following kirk to radio.com is fuck that's gonna keep him that's that's gonna be the real hesitation to start this show is this is the group of people that are following him as his audience i don't know what's gonna give me more nightmares the idea of steven seagal at a bathhouse or or that voicemail i don't know which is gonna be more ingrained into my memory that's that's terrifying uh as a guy who proofread these voicemails uh, we're gonna go downhill fast oh hello <laughs> So the most disgusting place that I've ever blew out an egg white. Oh my goodness. I would, I would say, in, in all honesty, uh, I was in Fenway Park about four years ago, and there were two girls in back of me wearing dresses, and they kept having to climb over the seat uh, in order to, to get into the row to go whatever, get something to drink, and they were, they were hammered. By the end of the night, I was absolutely bombed. And up by the uh, the Cumberland Farm sign, the old Cumberland Farm sign, there was a bathroom in uh, in back. Uh, I don't know if you remember. You had to climb the catwalk, and you had to, there was a bat. There was two bathrooms mm-hmm. right over there by a concession stand. And I was fooling around with one of the girls over there. And uh, yeah, I might have uh, been a little bit too excited. Uh, didn't quite make it anywhere with her, but uh, I maybe had to go in the bathroom and clean myself up. Oh my God! In the in Fenway. I feel like I've heard of this before. This is a common occurrence. In Fenway Park. Was it in the into the trough? Uh, no, no, no. It was up by the new bathrooms. Me and this girl were fooling around a little bit. Uh, there was there was a liquor was flowing. Yeah. Uh, I didn't quite make it anywhere with her, uh, but I definitely had to go to the bathroom to clean myself up. So mine was in my parents' suburban. No, I'm just kidding. Not in my not in my parents' suburban. Hi, my name is Paul. I wanted to call in to see if I could get on the show. I, uh, uh, god damn it. Listen, I want, I don't like Minahan. I think that he's a mini mouse. And I think they it's good that he's off the show. Uh, and, uh, I have this glaucoma in my left eye. And it makes it really hard for me to go on Twitter. So I'm not sure if this is the right number. Uh, <coughs> but. If you want this to go more than one episode, you probably should have the voicemail You don't like the voicemails? Did he say he has glaucoma? Yeah, he has glaucoma. Hey, my brother in arms. 
Oh my god. So I got one oh, more that slipped in here. So you're blind and now you have glaucoma. <laughs> so I got one more voicemail that slipped in here. Let's check this one out. Is this uh, Rotello? <laughs> I think he got the wrong voicemail. Oh my god. <laughs> you know that that is probably the best voicemail we've heard the entire night. I would have to give that one to to the good old John Dennis memorial voicemail line. And that's an all-time great. John John Dennis must have been an entertaining drunk. Like he seems like a horrible guy, but he must have been <laughs> a great guy to drink with. There I, are stories that I'm dying to hear about him being drunk. There, there is just supposedly an abundance of stories. I know. They shared them with Reamer apparently at uh, when they went to uh, one of the casinos. And, uh, yeah, I, I need to hear these stories. I know, you know, I've, I have my own Dino stories that maybe we'll share at a later date. But, uh, yeah, I got I to gotta know. I heard uh, I know a security guard at Fenway that described him as, quote, homeless person drunk <laughs> on, that, on that famous opening day. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. All right. We ready to kill this one? Yeah, let's do it. Yep. All right. So if you like the show, please go to iTunes and give it a five-star review. It really helps with their algorithms. It'll, it'll raise this up. Share it with a friend. And uh, we'll be back soon. Any, hey, can uh, I any plug my thought? podcast real quick? You know, we didn't even do that. I know. I'm so sorry. Oh, believe me, I know. Um, yeah, blindsidepods.com is uh, the Blindside Network that I've started up because no one else wants me. Um, first show, this will be out tomorrow, right? Yes. So first show will be Thursday, January 17th. Um, I'm live streaming on YouTube, and I'll tweet out the link to all that. And then uh, it'll be up on iTunes and everywhere else uh, pretty quickly after that. And uh, blindsidepods.com is where you can get it. Make sure you go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a positive review. Mm-hmm. Yeah, join me. I already did that. I Trash already... Talk. Did I even see the name of the podcast? Trash Talk is what it's called. Yeah, it's got almost the same picture as the old one. Pretty much, yeah. Just a nice filter cool. on it. Yeah. From who is that guy on Twitter? The liberal media guy. No idea. Seems like a bit of a nut, but I, I love all my fans. I love him, so. but I, he's, he's psychotic. He's, he's one of two people on Twitter that uses the red exclamation point. It's him, and the other person is John Dennis. He uses that red emoji exclamation point. And I honestly think it could be John Dennis attempting to be a parody of the liberal media. Who knows? That's interesting. Are anyway. you talking about the Jen Royal guy? N- no, I'm talking about the, the liberal media guy. He's, he's got that picture of that, of that girl... You know what I'm talking about, right? No, I don't think I do. I'll send his I'll send his I, profile to you after the show. We're gonna okay. we're gonna there's edit one all guy, this in post. There's right? one guy who's like going after <laughs> us big time around Jen Royal for some reason. I, I don't understand that guy. Oh well, six one seven's going after her. So is SV going oh, after Jen. Oh, is he ever? Yeah. Well, well before, I got caught in that shrapnel this week. Just uh, before before I get off, anyone wants something to read or some uh, honestly some good material? Very interesting. Uh, if you look on the internet, you look at the rise and the fall of Bubba the Love Sponge. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him before. Yes. Um, Howard Stern had brought him in. He was from Tampa, Florida. Uh, if you want to look at a really good story about how his career ascended, he decided to make a, uh, a hidden video of Hulk Hogan, and now he is collecting money at the front of a racetrack in order to make a living. Oh, good read. Oh, I'm going to grab that one. interesting thing. Radio wants to uh, read something interesting. All right. So we'll reconvene soon. And I guess we have to say good weekend. Go. Good weekend.
<laughs> Good weekend, boys. Thank you.